You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Phil Smith. Phil F. Smith. He's got to throw the F in there to be different and stand out. He's a Long Island boy, which I am. So we're connecting already. And he's a serial entrepreneur like myself for over 20 years. Like myself. He's sold over three companies. um, And for three years in a row, he's made the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing private companies in the United States. Let's go. Phil has always had a heart for helping businesses, big and small. That's you, Startup Nation. Solve problems and make money in new and interesting ways. He's consulted for the large corporate companies, IBM, Intel, AT&T, HP, all those big, boring names. That's not you, Startup Nation. You want to know how he's going to help you today, man. Listen, he's helped businesses generate over $5 billion in total revenue. He's partnered with Kevin Harrington from uh, Shark Tank. He's a buddy, right? I've known Kevin. We've hung out in St. Pete right here in uh, Tampa, Florida area. And, um, you know, we bring in Phil on here, man, because we want to talk about, like, what are those guiding principles that just work for the, the level and of entrepreneurship that you're in, which is like stage one, right? You can't get through the six figures. You don't know why. There's something wrong with you. Everybody else can win, but not you. Well, your answer is a lot of that, right? It's that whole victim mentality you're stuck in. You got to break through from that, right? Phil did. I did. Now, do we? are we ever tempted, Phil, to go back into that victim mentality when crap doesn't go our way for long periods of time? Yep, definitely. 
definitely right man all right so welcome phil smith uh to your first 100k go ahead and take a minute share something personal about you bro uh that very few people in your business life actually know yeah i'll tell you so i grew up uh extremely poor um well, you know, on welfare, public transportation, sat online for government milk and cheese in the 80s. Uh, I used to tell my friends that we prepaid for lunch because I got free lunch. And uh, my mom passed away at 15 in a car accident. My parents were divorced. So my father was an alcoholic and he ended up passing away a few years later. So I got into a lot of trouble in my teenage years, got arrested four times, um, got arrested the last time for attempted murder on a police officer. And uh you know, all my friends went to jail, did a lot of bad things. And um, at 21, I was just at a moment in my life where I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I finally just made that mental decision to say, I'm just going to figure it out. So actually through a family friend offered me to pay for me to go to college. Hmm. And I just, at, I was at the right time, you know, and we all have to do things in the right time. You know, that's what I've learned. You got to jump with things at the right time. And I, that was the right time for me. I wanted, I wanted it at that time. And I got straight A's, got a 4.0 and went through college. And um, at 23, I had the opportunity to start a business or get a job after my internship. And uh, someone told me, a wealthy man told me, uh, Joe, just take the, Joe, go for, go for the entrepreneurial route. He was an entrepreneur, old buildings and locally and had multiple companies. And he said, you can always get a job. You're young, you could take the chance. So that was 1998. And uh, ever since then, I, I never looked back. So cool, man. We've we've walked similar paths, you and I, right? Including the, uh, you know, the messing up, making poor decisions with the law, right? When we were young, right? Like looking for that get rich by stealing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, approach or whatever that looks like. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. I was young and dumb. But listen, you know, every now and then you get someone at the right time in our life to step in to help us, you know, give us a hand up, right? Paying for your college, like that's that's a serious hand up, man. That's pretty awesome, you know? And yeah. uh, just having, you know, that wise counsel, um, to just speak that truth into you and say, Hey, there's more in you. I see it. Do you see it? Like, do you want it? Let's get it. I can help you. Um, so that's really powerful, man. Thanks for sharing that. Now we kind of know who you are, what makes you tick, right? You're a guy who goes to battle. It's cool. Business yeah, is battle some days, man. All right. I want to, I want to get into some stuff. All right. But, uh, startup nation, like, let me tell you what I'm really great at in business my whole life, Phil, and then what I completely suck at, okay? Because I think uh, a lot of you, you may or may not resemble me. All right, so I, I, I am freaking deadly in sales. I can close like a powerhouse, man. I suck at marketing. I suck at filling seats. I suck at getting leads. Like I, I've just always sucked at it. But once they were there, their person's in front of me, like I could close them, I can create that value and get them to make the investment. So I want to talk about leads, man, because this is just a huge blind spot for the majority of entrepreneurs. Now, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I can't sell either. Well, all right. Well, you got two things to work on. But before you can sell, you got to have people coming in, right? You got to have that lead flow. So I want to talk about that, right? Because you're an expert in this area, right? You're a badass. Yeah, man. It's just changed my life ever since I learned lead gen. Like this is it, right? And like you hear like these modern day trending social influencers talking about, hey, if you can figure out the lead game, you will never go hungry the rest of your life. If you can figure out how to advertise well, and people connect and click, you will never go hungry. And this is what we all want, right? And we realize it's just a numbers game after you get leads. So how do we turn on the faucet of lead flow in our business? What have you figured out? What is the the game changer? What are we all missing right now, dude? Yeah, it's funny that you just said, uh, 
you know, if you learn the lead gen game, you'll, you'll never go hungry. So in 2005, when it, we sold the first company to, in 2006, I said to myself, if I can always help companies make money, I'll never go hungry. Literally exact words I said to myself in 2014 is when I started learning lead generation. The concept always made sense. When I learned about the business in 2011, Selling. Uh, if you want to just tell a quick story. So 2005, I sold my first company, got into consulting world. 2006, I sold that consulting company to an investment firm. I joined the investment fund for two years because I just want to be around people with money. And 2012, we sold the company again. 2014, I started learning lead gen. So when I was at the fund, someone came to us for an investment for a lead generation business. I didn't, I never even understood that. And he said, all you have to do is generate leads and then you sell the data, right? You sell the leads. And I just love that concept. The fund never wanted to do the business. So I left and I went and did it on my own. And that was the biggest game changer. So lead generation is, is so many different things. A company looks at it as generating leads for themselves. I look at it more as generating leads and monetizing the data. So I have like an education business People look at it as like, I have an education business. I say, no, I generate leads and monetize them via the education business because I take that same lead flow and I monetize those leads 10 different ways. So that's the concept a lot of people kind of don't understand. So I literally had a meeting last night. People want me to get into the health insurance business. I don't know anything about health insurance, but when I explain to them the concept of generating, so Obamacare, right? Affordable Care Act is all about people who don't have a lot of money to get free health insurance. So the concept from a business, right? And if, if I just explain this, people will take this and hopefully run with it. You generate a lead of someone who doesn't have a lot of money to offer them free health insurance, right? What does that lead also need? Because they're the subprime market, they probably need high interest credit cards. They're probably you know unbanked. They probably use maybe like a payday loan. They could probably use debt services, maybe credit repair, right? There's a slew of services or products that they would be interested in. So once you have that lead, there's so much more that you can do with it. And so what what do you do? Like, what's the next step? Right? You got you found the the gold nugget. Right. How do you how do you sell that thing? So there's two different. There's a few different ways. One way is to do it by affiliate marketing. You literally take it. You promote other services. You send it to an Experian or someone like that, and they'll kick you back money for sending people their way. There's companies that will literally just buy the data from you, and they'll say, "No, you have all these leads. They fit these filters." You know, they don't make over 30 grand a year or whatever it is, maybe a certain age or whatever. And they'll take that and they'll just buy it from you. Or what I started doing myself is I create my own services to literally around the leads. So that's what I do now mm. is I don't create services and say, oh, let me go generate leads for it. I say, what leads do I have? And I'll create a service for it, mm -hmm. right? So that was, that's the difference for me. It started in 2017 when I, after I've been doing this for a few years, from 14 to 17, I was just generating leads and selling them. And then I said, well, why don't I just create a service around the lead flow? And that's was and that, the next game changer for me. So now today I look at, like I built a company called allinonemarketing.com this year because all I do is generate business leads, right? Because I do business loans. I do a lot of the B2B space. So I said, well, why don't I just create a marketing company for the business leads I'm already generating? And now these guys want me to also get into the business uh, business health insurance space, right? The group sales. So, because we already generate business leads. So, and then I got into the mortgage space on business mortgages, like um, the uh, self-employed mortgages, which also back into personal on the back end. So, so that's the concept, right? Generate your leads. So if you're a business currently that's generating leads for yourself, Think about the idea of now monetizing these leads, doing other things. And I've helped multiple people add seven figures a year in revenue to their business just by understanding the concept of take my existing customer base, my existing lead flow, and just give them other services to promote other services to them or even create other services around my current lead flow. All right. So like, let's unpack this, right? Because that's next level for a lot of small businesses, right? Because they're just focusing on selling their widget, they're selling their products, selling their consulting, selling whatever it is that they're offering their service. And like you're saying, hey, let's go look at this shiny object that could be as lucrative or more lucrative than what you're currently selling just based on mining the data, the leads that you already have. How do you prevent this from not being a distraction to your main business? 
Like, well, don't way- you have to pick one? No, because the way that I build out lead generation funnels now is the concept of creating all these monetization strategies around the leads. Because if you can make money selling other people's stuff. So I'll give you an example. When I was generating business loan leads, th- those leads were coming in. I only cared about a certain filter of leads because they were the most profitable. So it was a company doing over $10,000 a month in revenue. That's what everybody wanted in the business loan space. Okay. So what I started doing was, I was like, well, when I generate this lead, I also generate, when I generate one good lead, I was generating nine bad leads, right? Because how many people, when you generate leads for your business, how many people actually buy your stuff? You know, it's a, it probably single digits, unless you're Amazon, but, you know, single digits, right? 1%, 3%, maybe. So what do you do with the other 95% of the leads? So that's what you're doing. So I was only monetizing 10% of my lead flow. And I was just throwing away the other 90% because I was profitable even with just 10%. But then one day, things started changing, business changes, and now my profit margin was dwindling. And I said, all right, well, what am I going to do with these other 90%? So I started monetizing them. I was doing such a good job that I was making more money on my crappy leads that nobody actually wanted. So now my good leads were actually free. So that's why I looked mm-hmm. at it. Now these leads are free. So when I went to market to sell them, I undercut the market. And the mm-hmm. market price at the time was $50 lead. I was selling for 30. I would call company up, co- companies up. I say, I'll give you this lead for 30 bucks. They're like, that's impossible. I'm like, well, here's how I do it. I literally told them exactly what like, oh, that actually makes sense. That's how you can sell it for 30 bucks. It's actually free to me. I'm making a $30 profit on you. Just give you a heads up. And they would bought them all day, right? Because I just want the volume, just sell, sell, sell. So if you look at your whole strategy and say, I'm generating these leads for my product or service, but what else can I do with them? Now you think of your core lead that you're generating and drive it down to zero. Now you can scale your business as fast as you want because you literally have a zero lead cost. All right, so Startup Nation, I'm liking what I'm hearing right now. Are you? Like, all right, so you're getting lead flow in. Let's use some basic numbers here. You you just got 100 new leads. Maybe you're doing some paid advertising, right? You got 100 new leads in, and maybe you booked, I don't know, 10 calls out of 100. You got them on the call, and you closed what? What's reasonable? Two? Five? Yeah. Right. Say you close five of them because you're just a badass at selling and closing. You got 95 leads that are just sitting in your nurture campaign. Right. And eventually you're hoping for them to have enough pain for that specific offer that you have. And what I'm hearing Phil say is, hey, you don't have to sit and wait that whole time. You can take them now and monetize them with different offers for different needs and problems and pain points that they have. Am I getting this right, Phil? Yes. All right. So that's pretty cool, dude. None of us are doing that. No one's doing it. No one's doing it. When you do it, though, it's a game changer. It literally changes everything. I mean, everybody that's done it that I've worked with. Yeah. Like, how? why was I not doing this before? A lot of people look at it as a negative at first. Like, think, uh, why would I spam my own list or whatever? And you can't think of it that way. Now, another way to do it is, see, we generate leads, right? I don't I don't sell products. It's not like I, I have an e-commerce store and I'm selling something, right? A, a toaster or whatever. That's a little different. So we generate leads. So when I generate a lead, I ask them additional questions. So for example, one of the things that we do is we guarantee we'll get someone interviewed on TV, right? NBC, CBS, whatever. It's a service we provide. So if someone comes and fills out that form, I actually ask them, I say, are you interested in getting a business loan? Why not? Right. So they say yes or no. If they say yes, we filter them out and I have someone call them to get a business loan. Right. I also ask them, are you interested in paid marketing services like Google, Facebook, et cetera, you know, to have someone do that. If they say yes, that goes to somebody else. So I'm already filtering out just on the opt-in form just to even get our services. I'm already filtering them out two or three different ways and already making money on them before I even talk to them. Right. So that's the concept. Um, now, let me jump in here. How big of a list size do we need to have, right? Minimum list size for it to be lucrative, right? For it to be enough data to sell this list to someone else. You, you don't have to have a lot. It's not about selling the current data. It's about when you generate your leads, your filter out. Now, of course, if you already have data and you can email them for different offers, 
Sure. You know, that's, that's something that you can do. Now, this is one thing I'll throw out there. If, if you do have an email list, what I would do is create multiple lists. So it depends on the email marketing software you use, but the one that I use, if I have one list and I email another offer and they unsubscribe, I'm going to lose them off my main list. So I create multiple lists in my email marketing software. So one could be for a TV interview. One could be for a PR services. One could be for, you know, marketing agency services. So they, you actually get hit with different lists. So they unsubscribe. They just unsubscribe from that list for that specific service. So you're duplicating that lead into multiple lists. Right. Got right. it. That's a smart strategy there. Now, even though they didn't sign up for this service over here, they opted in for this one. Like that's totally cool to do that. Is it still us as a company? They opted in to, for us to email them. I'm just throwing them a different offer. It's not about the service mm -hmm. that they looking at. It's the company that's contacting them. But in our language, on our forms, we are allowed to have other people contact them anyway, if, if we wanted to. Right. Our affiliates, right? Affiliate Correct. companies. All right, cool, dude. Like this is, this is cool. Where do we even begin? Say like a listener right now, or many listeners are like, oh my gosh, I'd even think about this. This is a blind spot. I could use the extra revenue right now. You're telling me, Phil, I can monetize 95 out of a hundred leads that have said no to my main offer. Like I can monetize them in a different way and many ways exponentially, like I'm in. What do we even get started as far as like, who do we reach out to, to say, to a partner with, affiliate with, yeah. et cetera? How, what's the easiest way without easiest this getting clunky, way. bro? Yeah, easiest way. Just use like an affiliate network, like a commission, <clears throat> commission junction, cj.com, a share a sale, uh, maxbounty.com. So really any affiliate network, go create an account. It's always free. And then you just search right? Search in there to see who's buying what type of traffic and what makes sense, you know, who has synergistic services to your company. So for example, for me in the marketing world, since we do B2B, I can promote any marketing service to any one of my leads because it just makes sense. It's a marketing service. Now, I also want to go after the services that pay out the most money. I don't want to have to monetize 90 out of 95 to make money. I want to be able to monetize maybe just one or two out of 95 to make some decent money. So I want the higher ticket stuff. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I changed for years. I was selling like credit repair leads for a couple of bucks a piece. How many freaking leads you have to sell mm -hmm. to make any money. So I said, screw this. So then I started switching it and said, all right, that's why I started creating my own services. I'm like, well, I'll just sell my own stuff. I was selling courses at the time. I was making a thousand dollars a pop. I'm like, I'd rather make a thousand dollars instead of three. I got to go sell 300 leads versus one, right? So I always just like go after the high ticket stuff whatever pays out the most. Um, so yeah, affiliate networks, easiest place to start. And then from there, you can start working with direct buyers, like companies that will work with you directly. When I started doing this also, I started learning real quick. I started sending traffic through the affiliate networks. Yes, I wanted to eventually contact them directly, but then they started contacting me and said, hey, we see you generating all this traffic. Why don't you just work with us directly? We'll pay you more money. So, you know, obviously that makes more sense, but it's also building a relationship with that company that you're mm -hmm. working with, right? You don't really want to always go through a middleman. You want to work with them directly. And the main reason why is a lot of in a lead world, you're as good as your last lead, right? It's a way to look at it. So if you have a relationship with someone and you have a bad day or something goes wrong, you can work with them. If you're going through a middleman and you have a bad day, they could just turn you off, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't have a relationship with you. They don't know what's going on. They just think now you're just sending crap to them. So, um, and again, this goes into further. Are they buying leads? Is it, are, they, are they paying you on a sale, right? So there's a lot of different ways, but still at the end of the day, you want a relationship with whoever you're doing business with. This is making a lot of sense. However, I want to go back and get real small here. How do we even get the leads on the front end, right? Because we're talking about the back end, how to monetize once you got the lead flow going, but most of us suck at getting lead flow going. What has been your secret formula? What is it? What is it that we're missing? When we put up an ad, we get zero clicks, zero responses. We don't know what the F is wrong. What are you doing right that we're missing? It all depends on what you're selling, right? Because then it depends on a platform that you're using. So, you know, like TikTok doesn't work for us at all, you know, in the B2B space. Um, YouTube is the best, best 
best leads for us. You know, we do really well on YouTube because we have a ton of video content. Um, we do flashy stuff, you know, the Lamborghinis and the mansions in Vegas. So th that's the stuff that we promote for our education business. It works really well. Um, our marketing services, we do re really well on Facebook. Um, they're not really as flashy. You know, we don't show Lamborghinis and, th and those ads, right? That's more professional and show us being on TV. It's more branding type stuff. Um, what do you do for Instagram? Instagram is just part of Facebook, right? So we get, okay. you're never going to get a lot of volume out of Instagram from paid marketing. You get way more out of Facebook, but it, it all works together. So it, it really, you have to dive into the company itself of what's going to work. But I will say, face uh, at a Facebook, Google, YouTube, Facebook's going to be probably your least quality leads, but probably the cheapest. YouTube, better obviously more money, Google the most money, but no, not a lot of volume, right? So for example, I can get leads for a few bucks on Facebook for what, something we're doing, or let's just say below $8. YouTube, that's probably going to cost me like 20, 15 to 20. And on Google, that probably cost me 20 to 25 for that same exact lead. Mm. But I will profit more on Google and YouTube. I'll make a profit on Facebook, even though it's a much lower lead cost, just the conversion rate is just going to be way worse because the lead quality is just not good, right? Because now why, right? Google is more of a intent-based, right? Because they're searching for you. Mm -hmm. YouTube is more, you're still doing an audience on YouTube, but you can still base it off what people are searching for. You know, I'm not an expert on paid marketing, just so you know, I, I just outsource all that stuff. But I learned, I learned a lot over the years. But YouTube um, just works better. Google and YouTube just work way better because it is more a little bit more intent-based. Where Facebook's just display, right? People are just scrolling. And one of the best advice I can give you on Facebook is just do the ugliest ad that you could possibly do because that's what people are going to look at. If you look like everybody else, right? You're just going to scroll right past you. So I like to use like yellow backgrounds with red text. Like that's that's the entire image is yellow background, red text, because people, it's going to grab their attention. You just want more eyeballs on your ad. And you can literally say, I made this ugly ad just to get your attention. What's going on? You know, like just try to be funny about it, you know? So you can, you know, video, images work way better than video on Facebook. Um, unless you have a celebrity. I've worked with some music, um, some uh, old, old school hip hop artists like Eric Sermon, EPMD, if you remember him, actually lives locally. Uh, I did a, a, a videos with him back in the day and crushed it. I mean, absolutely crushed it. I mean, obviously, Kevin Harrington. We're doing some stuff with Damon John. It's the, my hat, Rise Nation Mastermind. I put Damon online. I mean, just changes everything, right? So if you can get there, obviously, that's great. But ugly ads work the best, you know, if you're just running regular ads. Um, now, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Like, how do you first grab the attention of your potential lead, right? And like you're saying, hey, don't make it look polished like all the other ads out there because it won't stand out. It's going to blend right in. Um, make it ugly as heck, right? Where they're going to be like, who the F would put up an ad like this? Ha they stopped, they, right? So, what you want. Right? You're paying for them to scroll past you. You're paying, if they stop or don't stop, you're paying. So, you might as well do whatever you can for them to stop. Yeah. So even bad advertising that works is good advertising, right? So how do you get them to click? Like, what are you offering? What works? What are certain principles? Is it a free download? Is it uh, just a straight call to action? Like, what have you seen? Now, obviously, it's different for each industry. Yeah. But like, what are those principles overall that you use? And you're like, I know how to create a winning lead campaign, whichever platform you're going on. Yeah, you know, people, they love free stuff. You know, if you want to give an offer like that, uh, we're giving away something. If you're, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do on the education side is just so flashy. It's, you know, it's, um, we just, when you mention big numbers, you know, big money, whatever, that's what attracts people in that world, right? Everybody wants to be, you know, work from home, quit their job, right? So that's that world. In the B2B space, you know, we, to be honest, one of the images we have was a very pretty woman. You know, she was interviewing me, a blonde, you know, blonde red dress. You know, so of course we just used her. So she just grabs the attention. You know, attractive women is always going to work. Um, if you can put up an, an unbelievable offer, right? Whatever that is, a 
always it's always a limited time, limited supply is always going to work. What's right? been the best uh, offer that you've ever put up that just, man, people could not resist it? Do you remember? Just, just free is going to attract the most people, right? If you do something for free, so it's not going to be the best people, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what you're doing, but that's going to attract the most people from an, from an ad perspective. The number one thing, the number one consistent ad that hasn't been too crazy so I have a great video. So Billy, Billy Jean is marketing. You, mm-hmm. you know who that is? So if anybody doesn't know, look him up. He's a, a great marketer. I met him at a War Room Mastermind event back in 2018. And I, I said, hey, man, you got any advice for me? This is what I do is where I'm at. He goes, you know, just go buy an exotic car. Larry tells me. He goes, don't do a Rolls Royce. Don't do the Bentley. Do the exotic car. Make a video in the dealership. And, and I guarantee you things will change. This is like April of 18. January of 19 comes along. I'm like, new year. I'm like, all right, I got to do something new. You know what? I'm just going to get a Lamborghini. Why not? Let's just do it. I'll, you know, of course, I'll take one. But I really, it was really a business thing. The first day I put that online, my lead cost went from $8 to $4. All right. And I was doing 200 leads a day. So just do the math. It's like over 20 grand a month savings. The car is $3,300 a month on a lease, right? So I ran into Billy again, told him the story. I actually went on his podcast with Kevin. I have a video of me telling him that story. He's like, are you kidding me? So it's just, you could, I mean, not everyone's going to go buy a Lamborghini. I get it, right? But you just do what you have to do, right? You, I, The fact that people are, I, you got to put out there what people react to. If they reacted to putting out a bed of roses, I would do that, right? I'm just putting out to what people want to see. You can see my emails I send out. When I talk about big numbers, they love it. When I talk about, oh, here's a video on how to you know, run a Google ad, nobody opens it up, right? So you just got to put that out there what people want. So that's just how it is. So when people run their ads, you just got to test it out. You could try all the different strategies of give an offer, an unbelievable offer, give money back, uh, you know, the whole giving away stuff. Like I'm going to give away an iPad, follow me on Facebook or do that. You know, I've done that. I've done the iPads. We would go out, we call it pay. We have have something called no work Friday. And then we did pay it forward Friday. So we just go out and buy a TV and we just give it away to somebody and make that video. You can put that out there on an ad, you know, and blend it into your ad and figure out how to do it. Just got to be, you know, a little different, but at the end of the day, people love when you give stuff away right? Even if you're giving some way to somebody else, they just love that world. But one of the number one things, I guess, just an overall branding perspective, people want to know who you are. And the more that you can put that out there on who you are, you're going to attract the people are going to attract you. Don't, don't try to be somebody else, just be yourself because you're just going to attract whoever you're going to attract, right? So that's the number one change I've made over the last couple of years is I just put myself out there on a personal level, right? I'm doing these podcasts. I've been interviewed 40 times this year between TV, radio, and podcasts. That's most I've ever been in my entire life because I've never really put myself out there that much. The more I put out there personally, that's really been the biggest game changer for me, even in my advertising, because I'm in every single ad. So if you can think of it that way, that's a little bit longer play, but that's going to be the number one thing that I think that anyone's going to be interested in. Very cool. All right, so if you're speaking to my audience, Startup Nation, uh, what is the very next move that they would take? Like ground zero, they're starting out. They want to get some lead flow. They're, say they're a coach. We'll use a coach as an example because there's so many of them, right? And they've gone through some situation in their life, some pain, some problem, right? They solved it. They came out the other side. They won. They transformed their life. Now they feel this burning need to go serve others and help others in that same problem. Like what's their first step? What would you do if you were them? God, if I was going to start over right now, I would just work with somebody that's already done it and just follow their lead because <laughs> I've always done everything myself. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're going to go out there and just want to help people, then it's kind of like what I just said is you got to put yourself out there. It took me a, a year before I started doing the education business because I knew I would have to put myself out there and social media and all the stuff I actually hate doing. Mm. And that's going to be the first thing you need to, you need to be okay with putting yourself out there. You need to be okay with people attacking you because whenever you're in that world that you get attacked every single day. 
I get threatened and all this weird stuff that that happens, you know, all the time. But um, now, would you recommend they do organic posting like that, which can well, take a lot of time, or 100%. would you recommend they just go straight into paid traffic? Yeah. So once you get past that point and you're like, all right, I understand what I need to do. Organic, 100%. You got to keep going, even though you're going to get no interaction. And even still today, I get such a minimal. It's just the way social media works today. But you got to just keep it going and put it in front of them. Paid marketing, 100%. You have to, have to, have to do to scale anything. But you have to build your business deep. It's not about putting a bunch of services out mm -hmm. there and get a little bit amount of money. You have to go deep and have a higher ticket because the lead costs have skyrocketed. There's so much competition. Your conversion rates are going to be a lot smaller than they used to be, or at least we used to be. So you have to have the higher ticket stuff. So you got to decide what works for you, right? And what you want to do and exactly it, it, going back to also where you talked about putting butts in seats, right? I started my first, did my, I never wanted to do an event because I didn't think anybody would show up. I did my first event in March of 19 and I've done like 10 this year. It's insane. I can't even believe that still to this day, we sell out every single event. I, do, I don't even understand how it happens, but people just show up, which is really cool. I mean, it's, it's such... It humbles me because I'm like, these people all traveled to Florida just to see me. So it, that's a cool thing. But get into that world too. start virtually right now. It's a lot easier to just do virtual stuff. But paid marketing, have a deep uh, business, meaning have more levels or have higher ticket. I went from starting at $1,000 to now basically $3,000. And we didn't really miss a beat. There are certain price points. Like if someone has a thousand, they probably have three. If they have three, they probably have five. If they probably have five, they probably have 10. You know what I mean? Like there's certain numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's just a starting point. I mean, of course, now it comes down to services and what else you're doing. Uh, we do have other services that we sell, like on the back end that are different, just to just have more things to sell. Uh, but you'll be shocked at what people will spend money on. I mean, absolutely shocked. But the crazy thing in this world, the coaching world, is that nobody does anything. So that's the that's the best part about the business is that very few people do anything. So from our perspective, we don't have to put a lot of effort into everybody, right? So we, of course, put everything out there. We want to help everyone out, but they just disappear. You know, like they start off and they're gone. So that's the there's pros and cons to the business, but that's the only reason why I can stay a one employee company, work with over ten thousand people and charge what we charge because most people don't even do anything. That's <laughs> so true, man. It <laughs> is so true. So like, do you ever like struggle with like your heart caring too much about all those people that oh invested God. in your program, but they're not doing anything with it? Like, do you kind of want to go kick down the door and be like, dude, you said you wanted this. You have it. You invested. Like, get the result. Like, do you want to chase them down and get them to act? Or are you just kind of like totally at peace? But no, it's just a numbers game, man. There's like two out of 100 that are actually going to do the effing work. So it, it, I struggle with this business a lot. And that's what that, that's what eats me alive because I try so hard to make it as simple as possible. And the problem is I always look at myself and say, oh, everybody should be like me. And that will never happen. Right? I learned that a long time ago. But I still try to like hope that people will do it. I have even good friends that I even try to give opportunities to and they just don't take advantage of it. That's the biggest struggle for me because I actually do care. I actually want to see people be successful. I've helped multiple people go from zero to make seven figures. Mm -hmm. That's the best feeling in the world, when they, especially when people tell you you changed their life. I mean, the first time someone told, told me that, I actually started crying. But um, because I actually give a crap. So, but at the end of the day, you can't, I, I learned, I, I taken a step back and I learned that I just can't help everyone, you know? So I just put it out there. I do what I can. If they show up, they show up. They don't, they don't. I mean, it is what it is. But the biggest thing that pisses me off, see, I'm not politically correct. I curse a lot. I'll tell people, you know, to just pull the trigger. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm not the person that's going to wipe your butt for you. I'm not going to come to your house and do it. I'm going to slap you around. So when people come at me with anything negative, I flip out and you should see some of the emails that I've written. So, or what I'll even say to people's faces if they show up at the end of the day, the number, the best thing I can do for someone is just tell them the truth mm -hmm. and knock them in the head with it. Because clearly you've been lied to your entire life to get to this point and have that mindset that somehow it's my fault that you didn't do anything. 
You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine me just blaming you because I failed at a business? Like, it's just, it's just crazy that that's even crossed that's in their mind, you know, that they think that's a, that's even normal. So I'm brutally honest with people and, um, you know, people, some people enjoy it. Like, no, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad that you're saying this, but most people aren't, you know, they, of course it's everyone else's fault. So, well, let's be honest. That's kind of the, the New York culture we were raised in, right? Like I am the exact same way. And it's like, you love us or hate us, but we will tell you the truth. You will see us coming. Right. Like we don't stab people in the back. We tell you straight out you're being an a-hole and here's why. Do something about it or get out of my way. Like that's just how we do life. And very few people have thick enough skin to tolerate that. But those people that do tolerate us and actually appreciate us and respect us are the high achievers. They're the winners. They're the ones that actually do the work. So they love being called out on, hey, you're not doing the work. Right. They don't want to be stuck in excuses. That's why they want to work with us and be in our world. So I totally get that. All right, bro, let's wrap this up. All right, mental game. I want to talk about the mental game real quick, all right? Like, where have you, one, caring too much about a client and and, and their success uh, can be an Achilles heel for us, right? So we've learned that lesson. We got to withdraw and not care more than the client cares about their own success. All right, cool. Like, mental game, though, like, specifically, I'm just curious. When was the last time you were just down in the dumps in your business? Just one day you woke up like you were in power, feeling confident as can be, total clarity. And then the next day, for no reason, you just woke up and you're like, this this stuff doesn't work. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why am I wasting my time? Or you just weren't getting the results or you're going from defeat to defeat to defeat consistently and you just want to quit actually that happens all the time uh i figured (laughs) and the reason why is because i i push myself so hard all the time and what keeps me going even till today like i said before you know i grew up broke i'm so scared of being broke again and Mm -hmm. i feel i feel it's right around the corner all the time right Mm -hmm. so that's what keeps me going but you know there's multiple points like one of them I, i was working with this guy i actually helped him sell his business uh, in six months, he went from you know being screwed over and going backwards to me bringing a buyer in, turn his business around, and selling it. And he literally screwed me; never do anything, uh, pay me nothing for it, and I had to sue him the whole night. And this is a guy that owned a business that was worth like two hundred million dollars local. Actually, you remember? J- you know, I mean, well, you moved away a, lo- a while ago. A guy named uh, John King he owned J King's Food Services. Got bought up by Cisco. Anyway, so but he owned a digital marketing company separately. That's what I helped him out with. At that moment. I was like, why am I doing it? Like, why do I even bother? You know, and I said, you know what? I literally fired. I was doing consulting at the time. This April of 14, April, 2014. I fired all my clients. I just like, I'm done. I literally just went to zero overnight. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop picking up my phone. I'm going to stop answering emails. I'm going to build a lead generation business. And May of 14 is when I started my lead generation business. Took me six months to really get anywhere. I had to learn a business by myself inside. I didn't learn from anybody. I didn't buy courts, didn't do anything. I did it all by myself. And when I learned it and I, and again, learn it from the inside out in October of 14 is when I ran my first Facebook ad. By the time December came, I was doing a hundred thousand a month. Right. So once I learned it, it took me two months to scale, but it took me six months to learn a business on my own. So that was a big defining moment just recently for me. And just to talk about this year, this year is actually not a great year for me. Uh, mainly because what I try to do is actually get out of the day-to-day stuff and I hand it over to other people and they completely failed on me. So it kind of, I had to now have to come back into it, which is just pisses me off. It's a crappy feeling, brother. I've been there. That's, that's this year. No, thank you for sharing that, man. It's like, and I resonate like completely. I want you to know startup nation, like you could be, have like massive success in your business. And then all of a sudden, like, the house is burning down and you're like, what the F man? I didn't touch anything. Right. And it just happens. It just happens. It could be the wrong person, the wrong process, whatever, or just the economy went to crap. Right. But don't blame it. Don't stay in excuses, get right back up and be that person who is resilient and always gets back up. And I know like what you just said, like someone screwed me over and that guy King or whatever, dude, I literally just had one of my one-on-one clients. Like I took him from six figures, in 90 days, less it was actually less than 90 days. In less than 90 days, I took him to booked out for two years, seven figures. 
in less than 90 days from six figures to seven figures. Like, and this mother effer came at me and screwed me over. And I even invested in his business and I put all my, my, my collateral, my websites and everything on his new platform because he's a brilliant guy. And I was just like, yeah, this is going to work. And he made all these promises. So he double screwed me, right? Like he didn't honor his contract on this front in the coaching business. And then he screwed me and pretty much said, get your crap off my platform that you just spent hundreds of hours building out. Like, and I had to like migrate everything like at rapid speed. And I was like, how does someone do that? Like if I was doing six figures and like barely scraping by because my expenses were so high like him and I hired a coach and he took me to seven figures and changed my whole world for my wife and my kids and everything like in 90 days, I am eternally indebted to you and you can be an a-hole to me, whatever. I'm never going to cross that line and like try to screw you or take you down because of what you did for me. And like that just irks me that people like that exist. Yep. <laughs> it's so far. And so I feel your pain at Startup Nation just now, like as you continue to go up, like you just get a bigger target target on your back. And it's unfortunate, but you know, you just kind of attract the right people and, and push away the wrong ones, right? All right. Thanks for going there with us, Phil. Thanks for sharing that uh the mental burning our life to the ground that sometimes happens, right? But it's all on the inside first, isn't it? Yep, it is. Yeah, like we burn it down inside in our own head and then externally that starts to reflect it. So, <laughs> all right, brother, uh, let's wrap this up. What is your, um, welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business, being an entrepreneur, doing this this high and low roller coaster experience, man? Controlling my time. Nice. What's your least favorite thing? Dealing with people. Yeah. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, which is part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with either professionally or personally right now? Uh, managing people. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Heights. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Uh, figuring it out. Okay. What secret, what secret, probably on your own, I'm guessing. I don't know. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear to have about people? Mm-hmm. Screw me over now. Yeah, for sure, right? We just spoke about that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? To put myself in the right room with the right people. Amen to that. What's a new habit you're going to create in the next 12 months, bro? Find the right people to manage. <laughs> Got it. What's a bad habit you're going to break like yesterday? Probably managing people. I'll screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to find someone to manage the people right? exactly. yeah. that you don't have to manage. All right. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Oh, man. Three words. Uh, loyal, uh, hustler, um, a really good friend. Dude, you describe like a good New Yorker right there, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel that. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this in business, right? Scared. Uh, confused. Uh, and um, just naive. Yeah. Last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye. Give them only one piece of advice about true success in business and life. What would you say to them? I would say never regret what you do. Always look forward and uh, put your family and friends first. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. All right. Homework assignment time. Give Startup Nation a homework assignment. What is one action they must take this week if they want to stop living in excuses and actually turn their lives around? What do you got for them? Look in the mirror and and always take responsibility for your actions. Even though I've been screwed over, I just blame myself for it and keep moving forward. Don't rely on anybody, um, and just 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 have get the right mindset. I think it's all about anybody can talk about marketing all this other stuff, but if you don't have the right mindset going into it, you're never going to be successful anyway. And that's what people fail at is the mindset. So get that first because nothing else is going to happen after that. So true. Startup Nation, did you enjoy this episode with Phil Smith? If you did, 
Go to uh, Apple Podcast. Um, go ahead and write an honest review right now. Tell him what he did right. Tell him how he just served you, how he contributed to your life, to your business, to your family. If we like what you write, we'll give you a shout out live on the show. Phil Smith, uh, go ahead and share with Startup Nation. How do they get in touch with you? How do they find out more? How do they get into the Phil Smith, the Phil F. Smith world? Uh, PhilipFSmith.com. So that's it. PhilipFSmith.com. Do you ever say like it's Philip F. and Smith? Because that would just be funny. Yeah, so I have friends that say you're you're Phil F and Smith. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. I I mean, if that was my name, I'd be on that all day. All right, go check him out. Uh, Phil Smith, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Yes, thank you. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping... Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.